Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as a foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for today's conversation. Hey, welcome back to the program. We are blessed that you are joining us and taking some time out of your day, out of your week. Every moment that we get a chance to spend with the Lord is a moment that is not wasted. And so we um, understand that everybody's busy. And so for you to take uh, 23 minutes out of your time, to be exact, out of your day, um, and we're going we're gonna to take full advantage of that and make sure that you um, are connected with God and God's word. And that's what we do here at Shouts of Grace. And so um, if you are a return listener, we want to say thank you for your support. And um, in fact, I think it's 167 episodes um, of support that you've probably tuned into, or at least a portion of that. And if you're a new uh, comer to Shouts of Grace, we want to say welcome and let you know that it's really easy to be a return listener. You just simply uh, turn on the radio next week, or you can go to our website at Shouts of Grace Radio. Dot com And there you can too listen to a number of past broadcasts and call yourself a regular. Um, and so we want to, as always, give a shout out to Key Radio for the use of their studios in Provo, Utah. And as a return listener, if that is you or a new listener, this will be news to you. What we do at Shouts of Grace is we have different uh conversations with different pastors, uh, sometimes from around the country, sometimes just different uh, brothers from from inside uh, Utah here, um, different churches and different experiences. And so um, sometimes we have them in studio and then sometimes we have them call in. And so today we have um, kind of the one of the OGs of, uh, <laughs> of, of Shouts of Grace, Pastor Keith Radke from River Communities joining us on the phone. How are you, Keith? I'm doing good, Steve. It's it's good to be able to connect this way. I love tech. Um, yeah. I would be there in studio with you, but we had a few kids with uh, some sort of stomach bug, and I didn't want to bring that to you. Uh, That's so, gracious of you. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that that kind of messes up your 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 day for a couple of days. So, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, everybody's right. on the upswing and. And uh, so far, I'm doing pretty good myself. So it's good to be back together. Yeah, that's awesome. I, li- I like being I like being an OG. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, we we're doing we're doing mo- moving forward with shouts of grace, and it's I know it's been a blessing to a lot of people, and so and and you've been in fact, if you turn on and you listen to a number of the first broadcasts, um, you'll you'll hear Keith um, Keith actually hosting hosting the show, and then. And then he planted a church and he forced me into a role that I wasn't comfortable <laughs> with, <laughs> but, but I had no choice in. And so, um, anyway, you'll, you'll hear a familiar voice on those episodes. Keith, um, one of the, what I want to do today is, you know, I, I think what we see, we have a, you know, I was just uh, kind of in the same circles of, of movements, um, you know, church, church movements, you know, there was another, another young pastor who, who unfortunately succumbed to, to temptations and, and yeah. recently, and it's, you know, kind of a big name. His dad's a big name. And, um, and once again, you know, I think the, the world is kind of left, you know, just kind of shaking their head going, ah, you know, and, and it's not just that. I mean, I want to be careful because, you know, people, people, you know, pastors as well, they, they, 
they're just like everybody else in the, in the sense that they're just as susceptible to temptation. They need to guard themselves probably more so because, uh, because the enemy comes at them full force. But, but anytime something like this happens, it's just always, I hear a barrage of things about church and, you know, it's either, it's either people that are motivated for personal gain like this, or they're just power hungry. And, you know, in the end, regardless of what it is, it just seems to be in a, some form of neglect of the sheep, some form of yeah. neglect of care. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think sometimes pastors look at that, you know, and that's in that way that when, when we blow it, you know, and when we have a congregation that looks up to us, it, it ends up being, you know, a lack of of care for them because it becomes a stumbling block to their faith. Right. And it gives the enemy an opportunity to, you know, to, to bring accusation though. It's not true against, against the, against the reality of, of God's power in a person's life. I mean, after all, if God can't harness a, a pastor who claims the power of God, how can he possibly do it with the congregation? And so it ultimately becomes a form of hurt. But, but so right. I thought what we do today um, is, is we just kind of go back just for the sake of people, not, not necessarily the pastors that might be tuning into this, but for the sake of people that might be going to a church and they might be struggling with a lot of different things as to, you know, this church, this particular person, this leader, I see things I don't like, I, I you know, whatever it is, just to kind of circle back and give them them some information from scripture, some tools to say, look, right. this is what's important to God. And so what I want to do um, before I kick it over to you is I want to read first Peter chapter five. And I just want to read a few verses um, and, and just kind of remind us of some things and then get, get your insight on it. And first Peter chapter five, verse one. Um, well, let's do this. Let's go into chapter four, because I think it's important. Um, if you start in verse 17, it says, for it is time for judgment to begin in the household of God. And if it begins with us, then what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? If the righteous is scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. So... I exhort the elders among you as fellow elders and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in um, in your charge, um, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive an unfading crown of glory. So, so Keith, here's some instructions to leaders, right? Um, kick us off where, what do you see going on here? That's important for a churchgoer to understand. Well, God cares about his church and his church is the, the body of believers, Right, those who believe in Christ, we we come into the church as as brand new, born again Christians, still, you know, sorting out the mess of our life beforehand, and we are growing into this body. Ephesians, Paul talks about the body growing into the head, which is Christ. Uh, the terminology of the flock is also important that we are sheep following the shepherd and. And that is, I think that is where um, it begins in our understanding that it, it's about Jesus and about his glory and about his 
plan for the faithful family. And that's the term that, that Peter uses here in 17, that it's time for judgment to begin in the household of God. Like we're all part of a family. So I, I think that understanding first is that we are people, we are part of a body, we are part of a flock, we are part of a house. Um, this is this is not a business. This is not a club. This is not a corporation. This is organic. And with that organic, um, you know, nature about us, uh, there it's it's life, and life requires you know elements. It requires key ingredients for vitality, and one of those things is is just the life of Christ being in front of us is something we're to exemplify. And so here we're so easy. It's so easy for us as Christians to point out to the world and say, look at all the problems out there. Look at all the sins out there. And Peter is saying, you're, you're a different group. Now you're, you're a Christian, right? You're a follower of Christ. You've been given a grace that you are stewards of. There is a way that, that the family of God behaves that the household of God behaves at the flock of God behaves and, and, and stop pointing the finger in judgment towards the world. Let it begin in the house of God, because this is God's plan. This is God's purpose to bring his hope, his good news, his love to the world. And in a family, there is, you know, there are roles and there, there's, there should be a structure, but there should also be an environment an attitude of love and of, of patience and of, of discipline and of instruction um, for an outcome, and that is health. And, and Peter is addressing the health of the body of Christ because we are, again, set apart for a unique purpose. Now, being a part of a family, we can all relate with the fact that uh, there is no perfect human family, and, and there's a lot of dysfunction uh, in families, especially when we're living for ourselves and we're living for our own gratification. And, and that's the same in the body of Christ. And, and he's addressing right out the gate, brand new church, brand new body, brand new dynamic as believers in Christ here in the, in the first early church. <clears throat> and already, you know, we're looking like uh, the world. We're looking like the mm -hmm. things that um, we've been saved out of, the things that we've been um, you know, rescued from. And it's important for us to see that, that we have to be on our guard and always be aware that that holiness and righteousness and being set apart is not just a moment, but it is also uh, our, our life. It's our journey. It's our process um, called sanctification. And so, you know, <clears throat> yesterday at River, we were talking about John the Baptist how he was challenging the religious in Luke chapter three to repent, right? To turn away from their dead works. Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Because it is easy for us to mistake our religious behavior at, uh, for life and for righteousness. And, and there's always a call of God to come back to him as, as, a, as our source of life. Again, it's very organic. Um, and so what I'm encouraged by in this passage is, is the challenge, but also the recognition that we can become dead. You know, we can become dead in our sensitivity and our discernment. Um, we can become disobedient. We can become prideful. I mean, even, you know, you didn't re get to that uh, point yet, but he talks about 
God opposing the proud and giving grace to the humble. So humble ourselves. Like there is a part that we play in seeing God's um, best lived out in the context of the Christian family. So he's yeah. starting with the family, right? Yeah. Amen. If, if there's something wrong in the culture, you know, to, uh, Dr. Tony Evans, you know, he talks about the, the fact that the family is the source of the strength or the weakness of the nation. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think he's doing the same thing with the church. He's beginning with the household of God. Yeah. Amen. Hey, I want to take a short break. And then on the other side, Keith, I want to just talk about um, what, what he, what, what he does here to kind of going off of what you said, what he gives to the family to make sure that in leading the family, that they actually, the church actually heads in the right direction and how that, how that direction or how those leaders are to conduct themselves and what is supposed to be the whole manner of, of, of their leadership style. So, Hey, you're listening to Shouts of Grace. We'll be right back. You're listening to Shouts of Grace with Pastor Steve, the radio ministry of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. For more information about Redemption Hill, you can visit our website at rhutah.church. Shouts of Grace Radio is thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah with the good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for the conclusion of today's conversation. Hey, welcome back to the program. Uh, we're in studio today, or actually I could say we're in studio today because I could see him, but Pastor Keith Racky is on the phone through uh, through Zoom as he's um, um, at his home uh, quarantining, not from any major illness, just because his family is ill, but he's joined us here in the studio in Provo via technology. And so Keith, before uh, the break, we were just talking about First uh, Peter chapter five and and kind of this idea of what's taking place in this new church and 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 how God has now I want to transition given leaders to the church and and we're told yes. that they're to be elders and they're to do certain things. They're to shepherd the flock of God that's among them. And they're not to do it with oversight and they're not to do it, um, you know, they're do it willingly. They're not to do it for, for their own personal gain, um, but they're to do it eagerly and they're not to domineer over them. So, so maybe first just kind of briefly give us an idea of what a shepherd is, what it means to um, exercise oversight willingly rather than by compulsion, what it means to do it eagerly and not by shameful game and what it means to not domineer over people. That's good. Well, the first thing Jesus is calls himself the good shepherd and, and that role is one of a caretaker, a provider, a protector of a flock. Um, Paul, when he talks about the role of an elder in, he says that they are to, uh, if they desire to be an elder, that here, here is the pathway and the qualifications for that. So a, a shepherd and an elder in the New Testament, um, the shepherd speaks of the, the function, the elder of the office, and you see them used interchangeably. I mean, nowadays we say pastor, right? We, we use that term kind of in multiple ways to describe the role of those entrusted with the leadership and the spiritual care of God's people that we are representatives of Christ. We are appointed, called by Christ, and we only have one uh, flock to care for. And that is the flock of, of Christ. Not, this isn't my flock. People are not, they don't belong to Keith. They don't belong to Steve. They belong to Jesus. And when, when, a, when, when a man is called to become a, a pastor and to, and to function as an elder in the church, 
they are shepherding the flock of God. So be careful. These are God's people. This is God's, these are God's kids that we're, we're, we have a, a responsibility and a privilege of caring for and leading in the context of spiritual community. And so there's a, necess, there's a, a necessity to exercise oversight, which is, it, it's like overwatch, where you're, you're kind of standing a little bit from a distance. It, 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 this is one aspect of the role to, to, to understand the bigger picture. Right. And I'll tell you what, it's hard as a human being. It's hard because we don't know everything. We can't see everything. Jesus, he stands in oversight and sees all and knows all. And so we have to depend on him. Like the role of a, of a healthy pastor, a healthy shepherd, a healthy elder is to just kind of get a general view of what is going on and, and to see the dangers and to celebrate the victories and, and to see over here that somebody's struggling and over here, somebody has strengths and giftings that can help that person, encourage that person who's struggling. So we exercise oversight. We take a step back and we ask God to give us a big picture view, not under compulsion, right? This is not, there's no, there's no external force, uh, human force that is driving us, but there's a willingness. There is a, a sense of a passion and a desire. So how and, that and, might and, look, let, let me stop you real quick, because how that might look practically is let's say a churchgoer is in a conversation and they hear a pastor constantly complaining, constantly complaining about the congregation, constantly saying, you know, yeah. I just, gosh, sometimes it's just, you know, a church would be great if it wasn't for all the people, right? It's like, right. I just, you know, or, or I've been in pastor, you know, groups or luncheons and someone will always be complaining about, you know, the church and the people, and these people drive me crazy or whatever. That would be something that a, that a church, you know, goer could look at and go, wow, is this person called to do this willingly right. or if they lost maybe sight of, of their calling? So you would say that would kind of, that would, that would kind of go hand in hand with that. Absolutely. Because I, you know, we're human. My, my, la I preached my last sermon at a church that I planted in North Carolina, uh, oh, gosh, 15 years ago now. And my last sermon, as I was handing it off to the successive pastor and to the leadership, was pastors are people too. And just a reminder, you know, the, the humanity, we're all still human. We're not, we don't, we're not endowed with superpowers because God called us to be a pastor. We're, we're still a human being. And how important it is as a human being to understand that, that the human side of things. But we are also called to, it says here, willingly as God would have us. So when I am faced with complaining, when I'm faced with griping over the condition of God's people, that that's a heart check for me, right? Mm. That's a reflection of my own human heart that's in need of correction and in need of uh, redemption by God. And, and so, yeah, I, I think if you hear, you know, if you're, if you're a member of a church and you hear a pastor complaining, one, understand they're human, but two, pray for them, that God will get their attention, that they would remember why. And, and pastor, we need to remember why we're doing this. We're doing this because we love Jesus right. and Jesus loves his flock and we need to love his flock Amen. as well. Amen. So, so I want to get through these. We got about, we got about three, I got about four minutes left. He says, let him do it. Um, not for shameful gain, mm -hmm. um, you know, but eagerly not for shameful gain. And, and, and the way I take this, and I don't know what your thoughts are is, the pulpit is not the position of being a pastor or leader is not for you. 
It's 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 not right. what you can get. Whether that's gain monetarily, whether that's whether that's notoriety, whether it's you know fame, whatever it is, it's not a place for for personal accolades where you can express maybe some God given gifts and you can get people to pat you on the back. And it's it's not it's not your place. So, so don't look to feed. I think I think Ezekiel thirty four says that the woe to the shepherds was you fed on the sheep, you didn't feed mm. them. Right. And so there's a lot of people that are put in positions that are looking for gain, personal, you know, whatever it might be. Talk about talk about that part. Yeah. Um, In our modern time, uh, church planting and church leadership has taken on a very business and entrepreneurial um, aspect or, you know, we kind of view it that way. And we've blurred the lines between. Um, starting a business and starting a church. Now there may be some similarities, but there's no profit. You know, it, it's there's it's not intended to be a profitable financially, or or in all the different ways you described. This is a service unto God. Hmm. You know, it was it was Paul and Barnabas who were ministering unto the Lord in worship when the Holy Spirit said, "Set them apart for what I've called them to do." And that spiritual work, that spiritual calling, that spiritual set apart. Paul would tell Timothy that I want you to, to entrust the ministry to faithful men, right? And, and that is where the, I think the rubber meets the road is if God took away all of the material comforts and all of the human accolades and recognition of being a pastor, would you still pursue your calling as mm. a pastor? Would you still be a shepherd? And, and you know what? When you go to a church and you spend enough time there in the Word and, and, and observing – you're going to be able to discern when a pastor is serving himself versus when a pastor is serving yeah. God's people. Yeah. And, and it's important for us to hear that. I would also yeah. like to say here, it says not domineering over those in your charge. And I think we may need to have a longer conversation on this soon, Steve, is we need to be aware in this day and age, there, there are a lot of people suffering from spiritual abuse yeah. at the hands of pastors. And we think it's a new thing. We think it's the, it's this last 50 years, you know, no, Paul is addre- or Peter is addressing it right here in First Peter. It was right out the gate. People looking to have control, to have power over others. Mm. Um, you know, the the church is just another way to do that because yeah. you get into a position of authority, and now people do what you tell them to do. Yeah, and, and it feeds your ego. Yeah, I, I would add to that. We got about a <clears throat> we got about a minute and a half left. I would add to that to the person who's listening. If you if you ever wonder about that. One of the signs that you could tell if a person, if, if your leader or your pastor is kind of a domineering person is there will be one thing that will be very prevalent and it will be insecurity. Anytime you have a domineering yeah. person, they're insecure because they want control. And when they don't have control of a narrative, of a person, of a situation, it causes them to act very different. They, they start to panic. And so you, you, you see this expression of insecurity. Well, you know, how come you went over there? Well, why'd you talk to that person? Or why'd you go out to lunch with them? Or you went out to dinner with so-and-so? Well, what, what did they say? And it's like, there right. becomes this, this insecurity where they, they're not really sure, gosh, you know, am, am I going to lose control of this? And so that's usually a domineering attitude that's padded with an insecure look at reality. And so I want to make sure just practically that the people um, that that the people listening kind of understand, Keith, we got about 30 seconds left. Um, What would you say to a person looking for a church in 30 seconds? What would you say to a person looking for a church, um, what they should look at in a leader? Uh, Verse five talks about clothing ourselves 
all of you, mm. both shepherd and flock, in humility. Amen. Look for humility. Amen. Amen. The pastor, be humble. Congregation, look for humility in your leadership. Amen. And acknowledge that, recognize it, and pray for that. Yeah. And and watch God do his work in an environment of humility. Amen. That's an explanation point on this um, this uh, edition of uh, Shouts of Grace Radio. We're out of time. Uh, God bless you guys. And we can't wait to see you or hear from you on our next episode. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word, hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson. We hope that you have been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. At shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve. Shouts of Grace is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Shouts of Grace.